first of all, let me get these soap with my dad. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, asked the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Sir, I'm giving you 175 years which is 2,100 months. <laughs> I've just signed your death warrant. I give you America itself! This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. Surprised to see you, senor. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today on a Thursday, Little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Trump under oath. I don't know. I assume the Secret Society was the general manager at some point. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah. 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 I haven't had a chance to listen to you guys, so I don't know what you've been saying about it. I can't wait to hear it, because I've never been more confused by a news story. The country is unraveling, clearly. Oh, yeah. But yeah. in completely different directions, depending on who you're, who you're asking. Yeah, I was amazed by that uh, very phenomenon last night. Just an utter, utter lack of overlap between and, the various sides of media and, and humans and the rest of it. And if you're, if you're not taking a side, It's troubling. It's troubling. If you got half the country believing the FBI is now a completely corrupt political organization, that's not good. No. And if you got half the country who believes this president is bent on becoming a dictator or whatever it is you believe, that's not good. And or a vassal of Russia, right? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's we're not in a good spot. Mm. And I don't know how we come out of it. I really don't. I, I I can't imagine how we come out of it. I also don't understand what the goal is of the people that want to drive Trump from office. What do you think is going to happen then? Mike Pence is going to be president, be in a great position to be reelected. He's way more conservative than Trump. What is the goal? The goal is to sell commercials on the media side and to win the next election without a thought to anything beyond that from the political types. It is raw, cynical greed all around Interesting. with no love of country to be seen except here. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We've got plenty of time to talk about all that. We'll check in there with board operator Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing pretty good. <clears throat> um, driving along, and all of a sudden, smoke starts coming out of my uh, dashboard. And so I, you know. Smoke yeah. came out of your dashboard. Unless you ordered the optional fireplace in your car, that's not supposed to happen. I've no. never seen that. So I take I've had to- smoke billowing out of my hood. But not out of my dashboard. So I take it to the mechanic, and they ask, when's the last time you've had your oil changed? And you know what? I didn't know you had to change your oil in the car. So You are kidding, right? What? 
That's a joke. It is a joke. <laughs> Yesterday it was a dryer vent. Today it was oil. Oh, gotcha. yeah. So tomorrow I, I was going to just... say I had a chimney fire tomorrow. <laughs> no, listen, Michael. So there'd be a theme for three days. Listen, Michael, there are a lot of ways to do comedy. I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but 24 hours between setup and punchline <laughs> yeah. is asking a lot of your audience. Okay. All right. <laughs> There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. I can't help but point out, since this is radio, he appears to be wearing a gas mask. How are you this morning, Sean? I am prepared for the biological terrorist that is one Jack Armstrong. Biological terrorist? Yeah. I'm not sure what your current state is, but I am prepared for all sorts of oncoming things. I'm I'm rocking the gas mask that we had for uh, that we were given prior to our going to the Republican National Convention, and it has been nothing but useful since I've gotten it. This is one of my favorite possessions. Yeah. We did buy gas masks before the Republican Convention. Didn't need them, by the way. Um, yeah, I got plenty of use out of it. I don't know what I have or if it's gone, so uh, I don't know what to tell you. Well, it's not coming this way. God, last night yeah. at dinner, my youngest son has something different than than I've got. Sneezing, just cold probably, but whatever. <laughs> He's sitting at the table. My wife just puts the food down, so there's like all the bowls of food and everything. <laughs> oh, like, oh, and he goes, ah, 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 chew, with, you know, no attempt to uh, stop it. Just uh, his mouth, uh, and you can watch the water uh, droplets, a cloud go out over uh, and land on all the food. It's a beautiful thing. It's and like everybody a sunset. Just, everybody just pushed away from the table. Okay. Nobody, nobody ate anything. <laughs> oh, no. My wife couldn't eat it. I couldn't eat it. Oh, Sam no. didn't eat it. Oh, no. It all just went to waste. Oh, the whole meal. That's oh, probably fine. <laughs> Just a cloud of cold of mucus landing on the food. So are you, dude? Could you turn your head just a little when you sneeze? At the least, shoot it that way toward the dog. He doesn't care. It's a learning process. Yeah. So what was it that went to waste? Was it a big meal? Uh, yeah. It was. Uh, it was a uh, chicken and stuffing and rolls. It was a really wow. good meal. Wow, rolls. Nobody nice ate rolls. a bite of it. Mm, that's a shame. Your that's question, yeah? I was going to say, so are you f- fever-free at this point? And I feel healthy better. Healthy or what? I don't know if I'm healthy. I mean, because the <laughs> conversation was you being shot on sight if you attempted to yes. uh, enter the complex. Oh, really? As everybody's yeah. so concerned about the flu and the rest I of it. I feel better. I'm probably still contagious. I, I don't know. I mean... If, if I'm you sure go, you're fine. If you go by when you're contagious, you're contagious like two days before you start feeling bad and for like a week afterwards. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I can't stay home for a week. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I don't know what I've got, and I don't know if it's gone away. Please, Man, let's, let's etch that in stone somewhere. <laughs> hey, in my efforts to become totally bionic, I went through an hour and a half of dental laser surgery yesterday after work. When Lasers, home, dental surgery? Yes, yes, where they, I don't want to get too graphic, but Please they, don't. They, you know, they do what they have to do. Anyway, I got that done after work. I went home, took a pain pill and some wine, then bam, sleep. That was my day. I slept from 3.30 yesterday afternoon till 1 a.m. this morning. <laughs> a pain pill and some wine. Wow. Yes. Awesome. That's the way to check out I right there. I feel great, though, this morning. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I did on our flight to South Africa. I did the little pill, little wine. Okay, hey, we're in Africa. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's exciting. Fourteen yeah. hours later, fantastic. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, how did it already get to be Thursday, January twenty fifth? Setting you straight in twenty one eight. We are Armstrong and Getty. And we approve of this program. All right, let's uh, begin the show now. Officially, according to FCC rules and regs, here we go. At Mark. As much as it was my honor and privilege to hear the sister survivors, it is my honor and privilege. To sentence you. Yeah. So yeah. the scumbag got what? It's like a thousand years? 175 years. Yep. On top of the 60 years he got for child yep. porn. Something like that, yeah. Yes, and I was like at 250. 
Yeah, that ought, that ought to do. He'll be very old when he gets out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to tell you the uh, story, if you haven't heard it, of the letter he wrote to the judge in an effort to not have to hear the victim testimony. Yeah, I saw that. In which he included the phrase, you know, judge, hell hath no wrath like a woman scorned. So, wow. you know, they're very emotional and stuff. And wow. I tell you what, you know, in a lot of societies through all of human history, they'd have just locked the doors yep. and let the gals have at them. Oh, no kidding. Or the boyfriends or dads or whatever. No I doubt. I don't think those gymnast girls would need any help. No, probably not. Uh, what are other headlines, Marsha Phillips? Al Trump will testify under oath. Well, maybe he will. Maybe he won't. School president quits after Nasser sentencing, and scientists have just moved a big step towards cloning humans. Stories coming up 635 Armstrong and Getty. An under oath thing is a non-story. If you talk to the FBI, you're under oath. They ask you a question, you have to answer it honestly. If you don't, it's a felony. There's no under oath when you talk to the FBI. Worth keeping in mind for all of us if the FBI ever asks you a question. Mm, They don't have to say, put your hand in the Bible. That's a real thing? That's a real thing. Wow. You have to tell the FBI the truth all the time. Making a false statement to a federal officer. What if they're just like at a bar off hours? I don't know. And 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 a guy guy asks you, uh, is that your girlfriend? You say, yeah. Are you... And it's not. Am I a felon now? Exactly. Yeah. Good question. Right. We'll have to get a lawyer on about that. How does mailbag look? see blocking justice? <laughs> yeah, exactly. As opposed to obstructing justice? Right. <laughs> right. Hands behind your back. Uh, the mailbag's outstanding. What we could do is uh, go through the response to the Sean coaching session that took place at this time yesterday. Athletics or uh, verbiage? Verbiage, yes. Speaking, exactly. Gotcha. This is unique speaking style. Sometimes I don't talk too good. Wow. I wish I'd heard of that. Oh, it was, it was good. Everybody learned something. I got some good examples that I've brought in of uh, the um, the left wing media going crazy about this story, and I mean it's at fever pitch. I've never heard it at this pitch. Before. Which story is that? The uh... Trump Russia thing? Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of this pitch. I was, you know, I was a little kid during Watergate, but I've never heard anything like this before. The country is being is is ruined. Democracy has been destroyed. Right. People's actually saying that out loud. Yeah. It's something. So we got so much stuff coming up. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tom Petty, who we now know is on like 15 different painkillers. Yeah, yeah. Replicating my airplane sleep methods. A little over the top, unfortunately. Were we better off back in the day when... A publicist could put out that a rock star died of a heart attack, and it would just live on forever as that, like they did with Tom Petty on the first day. Yeah, yeah. Or are we better off knowing, eh, it wasn't a heart attack. He, yeah, I don't, I think we're well, we're, unquestionably we're better off knowing the truth. I mean, always might do, well, yeah, just in general, and also, you know, so you understand how dangerous this crap is, but the other thing is, I don't, I don't think less of him, honestly. You know, the guy had a ton of d- d- physical problems, and he was taking too many pills. It's a damn shame. His family's in grief and the rest of it, but, you know, 
Makes me feel better. Music makes me feel better. It wasn't a heart attack out of the blue. A bolt of lightning, God struck you down. I'm not taking any of those painkillers, so I can't die the way he did, at least currently. Well, and he smoked for 50 years, too. That couldn't have helped him. No. No. Mm. Wouldn't be a step in the right direction. But, you know, I I, I love him. I love the man. love the music. love the art. What are you going to do? Mailbag. Not take a cocktail of opioids is probably a good idea. Like a dozen. Yeah, it was amazing. It was uh, the, the list of what he wasn't on would have been shorter. So, uh, Jeff's daughter's favorite camel joke in the wake of the camel beauty pageant to scandal story of yesterday that was such a big hit. They're giving Botox to the camels and shaving them in various ways. Mm. So, here's his eight year old daughter's favorite camel joke What do you call a camel with three humps? What do you call a camel with three humps? Pregnant. Hail. That's right. Well, congratulations. When's the due date? Ben the Libertarian with a great note. I was ranting about Rapey Wood yesterday and the Oscar nominations and the rest of it. The difference between Rapey Wood and Rapington, D.C. Wow. I, uh, I like it. We'll use it. I may alter it a little bit, Ben, but well played. The difference between Rapey Wood and Rapington, D.C., is with Rapey Wood, I can choose to not consume their products and therefore not pay for their sexual misdeeds. Whereas with Rapington, D.C., I am forced to pay for their sexual misdeeds. I expect the Oscars to be insufferable. Oh, just terrible. They're going to make the Golden Globes look like nothing with the... The we solved this problem. Right. Uncovered it and solved yeah, it. Yeah, we as discovered a, it. As opposed to we kept it quiet all the time. Right. Got forced into talking about it. We are leading the charge. We are your leading lights. I need somebody to fill out the scorecard over the last three, four years. Who was the victim du jour? Because it was definitely black folks. Was it two years ago? Two years ago was black folks when the whole thing was about how there weren't enough black nominees, blah, blah, blah. Hashtag Oscars too white. Right. Then last year, wasn't last year transgender year? Gay and transgender? I, I can't remember. This year, plainly, the, the victim du jour is women. I'm really hoping it's the Asians next year. No offense to our Hispanic friends. Uh, you're probably the front runner, but I'd love to see the Asian people. Maybe amputees. I don't know. The short. How about the short? Not dwarves, just diminutive. I'd like to see next year the year of the short. I notice all of our nominees are tall. Somebody will say in a disgusted tone before they read the names. Oh, lead us, Rapey Wood, lead us. Whoops, why do I have that? Mm, 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 mm. Oh, here's a nice, uh, this is a fortune cookie freedom-loving quote of the day from K, first initial K. Uh, A fine is a tax for doing bad. A tax is a fine for doing good. Mm. Mm. Probably the best fortune I've ever gotten and the most correct. It's not a fortune, it's an observation. They're not called observation cookies, but I do appreciate the wisdom. (laughs) A fine is a tax for doing bad. A tax is a fine for doing good or doing well, if you want to be grammatically correct. And I do. I feel like the fortunes and fortune cookies have gotten worse over my lifetime. Semper Fidelis. Thanks for the shout out, Kay. Uh, In terms of taste or the quality of the fortune? Just the quality. Just they're just not that interesting. Well, and it's difficult to understand how a baked good would know the future. But, you know, I'm not... Uh, well, oh, that's your white privilege! That's your anti-Asian bias! Hashtag Asian Oscar! It's possible that I'm conflating? Is that we you mix two things together? Yeah, uh-huh. In my mind, fortune cookies when I was a kid, and Bazooka Joe bubblegum. 
which also had some sort of a little message in it. And, uh, and a comic strip as well. <laughs> I might be getting mixed up. I don't think How I How would you do trying to read the font on a Bazooka Joe comic strip at this point in your life? I was probably damn new 30 before I ever had a fortune cookie. So really? Not, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I'd never had Chinese so food until I was quite old. So you were running blind. Right. You had no idea what your future might hold. Oh, yeah. Was, See, see I had it all mapped out. Until I had a cookie to tell me. Growing up in, you know, Chicago, and there are Chinese food everywhere. So I, yeah, I, hell, I knew uh, freshman year of high school a lot what my future would be. You will be a bald, cynical talk show host if I had gotten that when I was younger. Would have saved you a lot of wasted time. Mapped out my life. Yeah. So here's a nice note from uh, JWR um, on the coaching session with Positive Sean yesterday, uh, in which a listener, Jack, you didn't hear this, I guess, but. Actually uh, transcribed Michael's comment about a topic, and then Sean's transcribed it from the radio, everything, and then edited it to what it could have been, and we did a coaching session involving the Sean Gong, and it was very effective. It sounds mean-spirited, but was it? uh... Not in the least. Okay. No. Coming out of you, perhaps, it would have been (laughs) mean-spirited. I was under the impression I got got paid by word. I apologize. So, J.W. writes, Joe, I'd like to commend you on your leadership skills with Positive Sean. As an admitted layman regarding broadcast anything, I was nevertheless able to recognize your ability to lead Sean towards his potential. No doubt due to your experience in both radio and fatherhood. The true defining characteristic of your professionalism and leadership characteristics is the fact that you're able to adjust on the fly after you kick Jack out and realize the potential downtime is a teaching time. That's uh, that's the way I try to approach mm. it. And then there's the criticism. This from uh, Joe. First, I agree with India almost 100% on her assessment of Michelangelo and Positive Sean's speaking style. The only issue is that she gave Positive Sean a score of negative infinity. Yes, her scale seemed to be very exaggerated. Wow. It seemed to have been concocted by an eight-year-old. <laughs> negative yes. infinity. Yeah. That's, when, uh, it's hard to wrap your head around. When the datum points were clearly stated to be from zero to ten. So that's not fair. She's clearly not an engineer. The closest I could get to reasonably express her feeling on the situation, women and their feelings, right? He says, hey, 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 Hilarious. you're not helping Hilarious. would be to give positive Sean a score of the limit of one over X as X approaches infinity. That's some good advice. Thank I'll you for it. that. Uh, and then there's this. May it please the court. Yesterday, positive Sean was viciously attacked by a by a possible Russian agent going by the name of India. This wanton, unwarranted slander was repeated by one esteemed Joe Getty. These charges included rambling, verbal crutches, and repetitious themes. I argue, however, that Sean is playing five-dimensional chess. Oh. <laughs> yes, he is playing in a dimension yet undiscovered. His repetitious and meandering turns of a phrase are mirrored after one of the great communicators of our time, our president, Donald J. Trump. Mr. Trump has been known to repeat the message and distract using advanced linguistic strategy. I say positive Sean is a genius so far advanced. He is the ultimate idiot savant. Put down your gong of fury. Raise the outstretched hand with the olive branch. I ask the unbunk court to reverse the lower court's decision. That's Aaron from Pleasanton. I have a new publicist. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's good. That's good right there. I can't even play the regular chess. (laughs) Never mind five-dimensional chess. And I assume that's all available on the podcast if somebody wanted to hear it. Oh, my God. Yes, you'd be a fool to pass it up. In theory. Of course, this is always in theory. Which part is theory? That you'd be a fool or that it's available on the podcast? That it's available on the podcast. Ah, Uh, (laughs) So Marshall's news is coming up and we can get into everything. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there as always. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
This texter does say, you're so wrong, Jack, about the fortune cookies. The lotto numbers make them so much more believable. Ah. That has been a great addition in my lifetime. The lottery numbers, two fortune cookies. Right, right. Boy, and if you don't run with those, you're just a sap. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> You know, it'd be funnier if it wasn't the same culture that, like, poaches rhinos and elephants based on their bone-headed Middle Ages belief in magic. Right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Marshall Phillips has the news. Well, President Trump's in Switzerland now, touting his America First policies at the World Economic Forum. But before leaving yesterday, Trump popped up in John Kelly, his chief of staff's office, where there were a bunch of reporters, and the president held an impromptu news conference. Telling him, among other things, he's more than willing to answer questions under oath as part of the special counsel's Russia investigation, assuring, uh, assuming rather, that his lawyers signed off on it. Are you going to talk to Mueller? I'm looking forward to it, actually. You want to? You have a date yeah, set? Here's a start, just you so you understand. There's been no collusion whatsoever. There's no obstruction whatsoever. And I'm looking forward to it. Now, CBS News Major Garrett asked if he'd testify under oath. You would do it under oath. Oh, I would do it under oath. You would, yeah. Absolutely. Well, White House Attorney Ty Cobb later saying that Trump was speaking in haste before leaving for Switzerland. Now, I've seen... Seemed uh, plenty relaxed to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt. I've seen a number of legal experts say there's no being under oath or not under oath when you talk to the FBI. If the FBI asks you questions, you have to tell them the truth or you've committed a crime. Mueller's not the FBI, though. He's uh, the special, special counsel, yeah. yeah. So, and there's depositions under oath, and there's you know there's different levels of it. I get what you're saying, but now would he be? Well, he's not the FBI. I'll I'll rest on that. Okay, Your Honor. <clears throat> President also was uh, telling the reporters that he would accept U.S. citizenship for most dreamers after ten or twelve years with legal status. Whether they have a little company or whether they work or whether whatever they're doing, if they do a great job, I think it's a nice thing to have the incentive of after a period of years being able to become a citizen. Now, after he spoke, a senior White House official stressed that a pathway to citizenship for dreamers was just a quote discussion point. Obviously. In a a plan that will be announced by the White House sometime next week. Right, as he said 35 times, uh, coherently, which is unusual, but uh, he said, look, it's got to be a deal. There's got to be border security. There's got to be a complete package. Right. Which is fair enough. And and listen, okay, so you, you came as a kid. You've been working, you've been productive, you've been paying taxes, there's a path to citizenship. I think most people can agree with that. But if you've been breaking the law, you've been convicted, you've been arrested, whatever, and you turn up in jail again, and your city refuses to call the feds and say, look, not only is this person in the country illegally, but they're a criminal. Come and get them. You're not a sanctuary city. You're a law-breaking, non-protecting your citizen criminal. I would sure like to get um, uh, on the, on the whole cracking down on sanctuary cities. I sure would like to get some legal expert on who would argue why that's okay to sure. have sanctuary cities because I haven't heard it. Have yeah. you? Well, there's it, well, yeah, I've heard some of the arguments, but I don't find them persuasive at all. And the idea that we're going to say yeah. to cops in ICE, all right, look, here's this dangerous illegal alien, and and yeah, I know. Well, if they've been convicted of a bunch of stuff, blah blah blah. No, the cops know who's danger. But you got this dangerous person. And they're they're in jail, disarmed and harmless. And instead of ICE coming and picking them up, because they clearly got to be out of the country, no, you're going to turn them loose to go back to their neighborhood 
to get their guns and the rest of it, and, and then the feds have to go in and get them. Oh, that's a great policy. Nice respect for our law enforcement community. Former sports doctor Larry Nasser molested top female gymnasts for years, including Olympians under the guise of medical treatment, got sentenced in a Michigan courtroom yesterday. The judge, before sentencing, read from a letter Nasser wrote to her in which he defended his actions as, quote, medical, not sexual, said the stories about him were fabricated, and then he stated, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. The judge saying as she imposed the sentence, As much as it was my honor and privilege to hear the sister survivors, it is my honor and privilege to sentence you. And the sentence was? I'm giving you 175 years, which is 2,100 months. I've just signed your death warrant. After the judge sentenced him, some of his victims who faced him in court demanded action against what they called his enablers at Michigan State University and USA Gymnastics. And last night, the Michigan State President, Lou Anna Simon, announced her resignation. In her statement, she said to the survivors, I can never say enough that I am so sorry that a trusted, renowned physician was really such an evil, evil person. Yeah, I appreciate the resignation. Um... But I'm worried that it's, you know, she's heading for the hills. I don't know how old the gal she is, how close to retirement or whatever. She might just think, you know, be thinking, I don't need to deal with this. I'm out. I got plenty of money. Who cares? And it's going to do nothing to address the systemic problems that may have led to this. But I have a feeling the uh, the forces of good will, will keep after it. I hope so. And it turns out scientists using the cloning technique that created Dolly the Sheep back in 1996 have for the first time cloned healthy monkeys. Chinese researchers announcing they'd created two female uh, macaques who are now about seven and eight weeks old. Now, the technique... Why? What are we trying to accomplish here? Do we need more monkeys? Clone armies? Well, yeah, that's, that's, You haven't read about the monkey shortage? That's, <laughs> that's what it's leading toward. This is, cure, this is clearly toward doing yes. it with people, uh-huh. right? That's yeah. what they want to do. Yeah. Yep. They want to clone a guy who's seven feet tall, strong and fast, mm. and have an army full of those people. Or maybe body parts and that sort of thing, but uh, have a, you know, clone a bunch of humans and have a body part farm where they're strapped to beds being dissected. I hope I live long enough to see how all this is going to turn out. Well, the one part of the story that you left out, Marshall, because they left out, and people always forget when you're talking about this stuff, is that the Chinese researchers successfully cloned a healthy monkey after 185 horrifically deformed, yes. born dead, yes. unrecognizable as monkey nightmares. Yes. They finally got one that lived. Yeah. And you point that out because, well, although be- I like the phrase monkey nightmares. <laughs> well, because they always say, yeah, yeah, we successfully cloned a monkey. But they it, 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 first, you, you, you mess up and... Just because of the right. luck of the draw, because our technology is not nearly advanced right. enough, you create dozens, if not hundreds, of horrors, and your next 50 attempts right. might be back to horrors. Right. So, no, we're not like on the dawn of some, you know, monkeys for everyone. Well, <laughs> that's, right future. that's why in this story, though, I said for the first time cloned healthy monkeys. Monkeys yeah. for everyone. Healthy monkeys. Hmm. Be you a great get a day. monkey, and you get a monkey, and you get a monkey. Thanks, President Oprah. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the Man, West. Man, if you got a guitar and a loud amp and you don't call yourself Monkey Nightmare, I don't know what you're waiting for. <laughs> All right. All right. That's so good. All our songs jungle themed. <laughs> <laughs> 
songs about chucking poo. Right. Uh, Aaron nice Kaczerski is going to join us. He's going to talk about the uh, flap, the uh, president, the FBI, the secret society text, the missing text. Just going to lay out some of the basics for us, and then we'll turn loose. We'll go. We'll get wild. This is some, some story. The way the story's being handled is amazing. So we've got all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. Greenberry. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Society. We have we have an informant that's talking about a group that were holding secret meetings off-site. There is there's so much smoke here. There's so much Boy, suspicion. Let's let's stop there. A secret society, the secret meetings off-site of the Justice Department. Correct. What, and you have an informant saying that. Yes. Did your informant confirm that these off-site meetings took place? Now, listen, I never, I, I, the term secret society comes from Strzok and Page. All, all I said when I read that, it didn't surprise me because you know, we are the committee that whistleblowers come to to talk about all kinds of problems throughout the federal government. And so I had heard of a group of people within the FBI holding secret offsite meetings. So I was just kind of connecting the dots. So that didn't surprise me when I heard that term. But again, that's Strzok okay, and Page's just, term, just not mine. So some people are calling that walking it back. I don't doesn't really sound like it to me that no. he's walking it back. But. Yeah, there's a hell of a lot that's pretty unclear here and a hell of a lot of people who want to pretend that it, it's all clear on both sides. Aaron Katursky of ABC News joins us. And Aaron, one of the reasons we enjoy talking to you, first of all, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry, I'm so rude. I'm so forward momentum. Are you part uh, of a secret society? <laughs> Answer the question. I've always wanted Would to I be. talk about it? Uh, yeah, well, exactly. Right. exactly. He wouldn't be very good at it. But Aaron, one of the things that strikes us about the news lately, and one of the reasons we like talking to you because you're not like this, is if there's a Venn diagram, you know, the overlapping circles of the coverage of some of these uh, aspects of the story of like conservative media and the more mainstream media, there is zero overlap. It's like we're living in two different <laughs> universes. Well, I, I right, and and I think, look, it, it it's it's too easy to you know pick it up as a political talking point. It's also too easy to dismiss as just some you know goofy conspiracy theory ginned up by the GOP and, and President Trump. Because look, the FBI has a a troubled history of political malfeasance, and and that you know goes back to the days of J. Edgar Hoover. So there is clearly. A suspicion that that some have, and, and a long time suspicion about political motivations of uh, of, of the FBI. In this particular case, uh, the, the those suspicions may be fueled by the nature of the text exchanges between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. These are two FBI officials who were briefly on the special counsel team and who, at the time of the messages, were were dating. So they were exchanging all sorts of of views, uh, some of them uh, anti-Trump, uh, some of them actually dismissive of the Russia investigation. Um, Very dismissive of the Russia investigation. Yeah, saying that there's really nothing there and, and, and really expressing reluctance to even join Robert Mueller's team. Right. Nonetheless, they didn't last very long after other text messages when they were talking about then-candidate Donald Trump. Uh, when those surfaced, they were summarily dismissed. 
Yeah, there's some really odd texts in there, the infamous insurance policy text, the meeting of the secret society text. But, you know, I, I don't feel any need to rush to any sort of conclusion. I think it's unhealthy. I think there's uh, there are multiple investigations going on, and we'll see where they lead. Uh, but the, the missing texts, the five months worth of mix, missing texts, that is terrible for the FBI's look. It, it, it certainly doesn't help, does it? Uh, the the messages that were supposed to be turned over um, uh, were, were missing this tranche between December 2016 and May 2017. The FBI chalked up the missing text to a technical glitch that apparently affected a lot of phones on the Bureau, not just those of Strzok and Page. Senate uh, Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr was willing to accept the FBI's explanation. Uh, other senators were not, uh, and, and certainly... Uh, missing text messages didn't didn't you know do anything to quash the suspicions. The uh, text about the secret society between the two lovers the night of the election you could easily dismiss as just you know uh, a flippant comment. It's a joke. They, neither one be. of neither one of them were Trump fans and they were disappointed that he was president. And yeah, it didn't need to mean anything. But then when you have a senator say he has an informant that you know, corroborates the fact that that sort of thing was going on, well, then it becomes a big deal. Do we know anything at all about what the senator is is, is claiming? No. I, I mean, look, we, we obtained the message, and it appears to be a one-time reference in a, you know, a series of thousands of messages. And uh, it, it does appear like it could have been said in, in jest. You know, that's not going to be enough for, for Senator Johnson, and he was not clear as to what this informant uh, told him whether he corroborated the existence of the message or whether he actually knew about a secret society working within the ranks of the FBI to undermine the president. Um, you know, look, at the time, these uh, these messages were sent, most of them, that the, he was a candidate, and he ultimately won. So whatever the secret society may have been plotting clearly didn't do a very good job. Well, here's the, the, here's the devil's advocate position, Aaron. And again, for the umpteenth time, I don't know that this is true, but it's possible that they actually were, you know, toying with the idea of doing something about Trump being president, but they were never really serious about it <laughs> during the many months when their text messages can't be read. And maybe they mentioned it 50 times. And then uh, upon the election of Trump, then the secret society became a secret society, meaning you don't put it in print anymore. And again, I don't believe that to be true. But, you know, as an argumentative fellow. Yeah, sure. Um, no, <laughs> it, it's what look, that's and that's what makes this story so so fun, because it's impossible to prove and it's impossible to disprove. Uh, and. And and there's you know they're, they're both sides are, are easy to take up you know if you're if right. you're a Republican inclined to take up the president's mantle that this is a witch hunt and everyone's out to get me and and there's bias in the ranks it's all too easy and if you're you know uh, Democrats and 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 others say that actually this is just a distraction from the idea that the 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 special counsel may be closing in. This is a personal question. How troubled are you by this? Because like Joe said, there's no overlap. In the two views on this story, in my lifetime, and I've taken a lot of media and have for a long time, I don't remember anything close to where we are now, where you've got one side who believes the FBI is a corrupt, secret police, as Tucker Carlson said last night, um, and you've got the other side believing that the president is trying to destroy the most important law enforcement agency we have because he's establishing a dictatorship. Those are the two views. 
I, I, well, right, and that, it's actually a, what, what makes it frustrating to cover because you know it's 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 sometimes hard to find honest brokers, and the best you can do, you know, before you run with these things is is to try and obtain the messages and 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 evaluate them. But I think there 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 are two things. One, um, the, the FBI itself uh, has said that you know political affiliation is not the same as political bias and um the 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 those at DOJ believe that there is uh that they have confidence in the integrity of the bureau and the integrity of the investigations uh and and you know believe that further exposing what could be dismissed as conspiracy theory uh is is damaging you know what happens when there's another terror attack you want the american people to feel confidence in the the agency that's going to be charged with with dealing with it. On the other hand, um, you know, if you are inclined to believe these things, or at least inclined to say, look, you go back to the J. Edgar Hoover days, and and it was those on the left who were suspicious of the FBI. Now it's those on the on the other side. Um, you know, it, it, these are impossible things to ignore. Aaron Katursky of ABC News. Aaron, just a quick reminder, it's your week to bring snacks to the Secret Society meeting. <laughs> and we will see you Wednesday. All right? Th- I do bring them. Thanks. They're a secret. <laughs> secret <laughs> snacks. Aaron, hey, thanks a million, man. Good to talk to you. Thanks. I want to play a clip at some point, an example of uh, hysteria on one side. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which is just amazing. And I'd also like to point out that the being on guard against the... You know, a federal law enforcement agency being a political arm, being unfair, being an oppressor. That's not just back to J. Edgar Hoover. That's from the beginning of time. And that's always a concern of a society. Mm -hmm. Many, many, many examples of it. This is not good, though. It is not good. Nuh-uh. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.